Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 93, Episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, yeah! a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck Coke Industries and fuck Fox oh, News. God. It's Tuesday, July 30th, 2019. Happy birthday, Mom. Uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Baby Got Jack. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Yes, it's Miles Gray, also known as Lord of Mumbum, uh, <laughs> as at Pork Hope Express or Pork Hop Express pointed out in our uh, photo, where everyone graciously uh, enhanced our buttocks. Yes, our butt tie. The the one where it was just somebody else's butt pasted onto our butt was, I think, my favorite. A lot of people saw you you looking back at it. I don't know if you've seen this, mystery guest, uh, of Jack looking back at his own ass. They were like, ooh, he was really looking at, back at it. But the picture that had the new butts attached, right. it looked like, uh, as Her Majesty said, Jack looks like a centaur. And the other thing was, I thought it looked like you were concerned that your body was transforming before right. your like, eyes. Oh, God. <laughs> Whereas, like, I'm owning my juicy ass in the right. other one. Yeah. Ooh. No, you are owning all of the asses in that picture. I mean, look at that. I mean, um, we're thrilled to be joined <laughs> in our third seat by the hilarious and talented improviser, comedian, writer, uh, one of the very faces on Mount Zeitmore, Mr. Edgar Montplazier. Boingo, boingo, Woo! motherfuckers. Y'all thought they could keep me down. <laughs> they can't keep me down. They tried to keep me off Mount Zeitmore, but they couldn't, they couldn't stop it. Can't Not when you're camped out there. How they gonna remove you? Sprite Lord in the building. Sprite, ooh, yes. <laughs> did you see that? I was thinking when all those Area 51 memes were going around, mm-hmm. did you see that one video that was like me giving my uh, Area oh, yeah. 51 alien McDonald's yeah. Sprite for the first time? And it's just like dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I was surprised you hadn't retweeted that yet. I was like, Some, I the people DM them to me. Oh, yes. And I just, I want to respect the privacy. Right, right, right. Because okay. if they wanted it public, they would have tagged me. But they DM'd you. them to me. You got the Clipper shirt on? I got the Clipper shirt on. Got mm. the season. I got the Our half. Way. I got the half season tickets. Oh, sh- really? Oh, did you? Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. Just one. You know, a nigga ain't got money like that. Yeah, I shouldn't even someone... spent the money that I spent. Wow. <laughs> 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 because, I mean, that dude, that there was a dude who was texting me. I went to a playoff game to see the Warriors play them. And then this dude was just like, you know, like they like take your information afterwards. Yeah, and yeah, they just yeah. keep harassing you over My email. My boy does that. Oh, what's his name? Tyler. Okay, this dude's name was Logan. Mm. I'll he hit kept, him up. He, Tyler's probably his boss. Oh, yeah, you should. And then Logan kept harassing me and just like, I'm not harassing, but text me all the time. Well, like, hey, you sales. want some? It's sales. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then and when they didn't get KD, go. yeah, right. when they didn't get KD, I was just like, yo, you know, I'm sorry, dude. You didn't get KD. You're probably not getting Kawhi. <laughs> right. I'm not interested. And he said, if we get Kawhi, can I call you? And I oh, said, for real? And I said, yeah, dude, if you guys get Kawhi, I'll get these tickets. <laughs> and then you're like, damn. Late at night, right. like one in the morning, this dude texts me and says, So we got Kawhi. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like oh right God, when they announced man. it? Or- yeah, I woke up in the Texas. Cl- and the then Clippers I- were interested in landing first Kawhi, then PG, and then Edgar. Yeah. That's right. In that order. Yeah. That's right. Half a season ticket program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Damn, that's well, that awesome, writer's man. room money's treating you well, man. Nah, Look man, it's, it's definitely way up there. It's one ticket way up there. There you go. Half season. So please, if you're looking to sit very high up. Yeah, with please. your back against the Staples Center wall. That's right. Yeah. That's right. With, I've been uh, in those seats. with old people dying next to you. Yes. Hit me up. <laughs> I got some tickets for sale. But you know what? The people who sit up there, they're the nicest people. Oh, yeah. And like the realest fans because those are like people who are like, oh, I yeah. will go to every game. 
because of the way these tickets are priced, I'll sit up here and I've never, I've never, I've been never been offered something by yes. another like person in the stands than yes. when I've sat up there. When of like, course, Yo, you want a beer? And I'm because like, they've been How going to that shit in yeah. here. Yeah, they've been going to games since the Clippers oh. were playing at the YMCA. Right. <laughs> oh, they like a beer that they brought that in. They brought. Yeah. Someone offered me a tall boy mm-hmm. of a steel mill. It's the real fans. The real fans sit up there. Fake fans Still sit reserved, on the brother. court. Yeah, exactly. So you're ultimately a Warriors fan, though, right? Nah, man. KD nah, fan. I'm a Kevin Durant fan. I think okay. it's irresponsible to be a fan of a team in this right. day and age. Yes. What, are you rooting for laundry? Nah, you're rooting for the people. Exactly. These owners don't give a shit. They don't care about the players. So, so why am I going to root for teams? You're a Brooklyn fan and a Clippers fan now? That's right. That's yeah. right. I mean, Kevin Durant, I'm a fan of wherever he's at. And there's players that I'm interested that I'm kind of following right now. See yeah. what's going to happen to them. Yeah. I think the Pelicans are going to be a dope team because they're basically a Duke squad. On, on that Culture Kings <laughs> episode uh, that you did with Josiah, I think that was a good conversation because I've, I've, I'm like old school, like where I grew up very loyal to one team. Of course. And I do see how, like, even in the teams that I do like, like the Lakers or Arsenal or even the Dodgers, not to a lesser extent, how much this is such a new era now where it's, man, it's tough to be loyal to a team because yeah. sometimes the fucking power moves so rapidly. Like, you could be like, yeah, well, I'm loyal and unhappy. And then right, you also right. watch that team treat your favorite players like absolute like shit, shit yeah. and stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? I, I'd find it hard for a LeBron James fan to be like, I fuck with Cleveland. Like, seeing how Dan Gilbert, you know, right. all but called him a nigger in like mm-hmm. a letter on ESPN. So, right. like, yeah, I yeah. think it's tough to be like, I like a team. Yeah. yeah, I've been rooting for and then turning against teams my whole life because of my dad. So I, I'm, I'm that way. <laughs> You're like Ronan. I, oh yeah, 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 I'm Ronan, and I've been Ronan, and I've ultimately usually despised the team that he leaves. Like right, after so loving them, right, so yeah. I got like all this Celtics gear, and I root for the Celtics to lose every single. Do you game. still have the Celtics gear? Yeah, yeah, and like, like nice stuff too. Like they they had like some real classic like yeah. sweatshirts and shit that like I really like. I like though, even those fuck the Clippers. You're like, but this is a nice. Garment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I never I wear it. Never every wear it. Yeah. But it's fresh. Yeah, yeah. Is he still over in Philly? Still in Philly. All right, dope. I keep thinking that your dad is Brett Brown. I know it's not. I He's know not. who your dad is. But every time I see Brett Brown, I'm like, man, Jack's dad, dad is tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Put MB back into the game, Jack's dad. What the hell are you doing? Come on, you texting Jack? Yo, tell your dad. Yeah, You're crazy. Right <laughs> He's benching MB in the playoffs. I wish I had Brett Brown's accent. That accent. Is that accent hilarious. is wild. Yeah. Uh, all right, Edgar, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about what people were watching uh, last weekend. We're going to talk about Russian Mitch, Moscow Mitch. Uh, yeah, the left can make up nicknames, too. Moscow Mitch, baby. Mitch-ass senator. Uh, <laughs> the GOP is reminding us that they're purely for racists. Uh, we're going to talk about the GoFundMe border wall now being uh, partially in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's another mass shooting over the weekend uh, from a white terrorist, a white supremacy terrorist, right wing terrorist. Uh, we're going to talk about friends. We're going to talk about a 16-year-old winning $3 million at the Fortnite World Cup. God damn it. But first, Edgar, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Man, I always get the order wrong, so I'm prepared with the wrong one. But here we go. Y'all know I always do it real. I don't doctor these. Pulling it straight up. I'll just pull it straight up. Here we got? go. I, I put uh, uh, day after day, seems like I push against the clouds. 
which is a song from the movie Set It Off. Wow. Uh, but I did not know it because I saw it. And I've been looking at like a lot of memes I mean, I, uh, lately and being like, I like the song. So uh-huh. I, I tried to write down the lyrics so I could find the song. And it was a it was a meme of this little girl brushing a woman's hair. And then she brushes too hard and pulls off the woman's wig. And then it put, <laughs> pauses on the little girl's face. And then that song starts playing. Uh, it's a very sad. It's a very sad song. Is it, it's sad in the movie. Yeah, it's like, day after day, well, who I sings keep it? on. Laurie Perry. There you go. That yeah. set it off soundtrack. I mean, for me, the What is that movie about? Was those women who robbed the bank, right? They robbing the bank? That's With what I Queen thought. Queen Latifah. Or they're yeah. knocking off like an armored car or something. I thought it was a girls' night type movie. No. When I looked at the cover. Because I've never seen it. No, just, they set I mean, it off. Ah, uh, I was just like, oh, they going out party. And I was like, what part of the movie does this song come on? Right. <laughs> it's weird because I think the, the main single off that soundtrack was the En Vogue song. Mm. That was like, what's it gonna be? Oh, that sounds good, I man. I can't pretend. No. Where okay, but at what point in a bank robbery are you playing this song? That's a good question. (laughs) I was just trying to think that. I don't understand. I do think they had like some (laughs) bangers on that soundtrack, didn't they? Like it wasn't all emotional hip hop. No, emotional R&B. Yeah, because that's weird. That like, are they like shooting people and it's all in slow motion (laughs) and they're playing that song? What's it gonna be? <laughs> oh my god! There's it's like that OC thing. Yeah, and everyone's like, it's just like, uh, is it Jade Pinkett Smith in that movie? Yes, she's just looking at everybody dying, and that song's just playing. <laughs> right. Well, it's weird because like back then when they would do the music videos for those kinds of oh, those man. things, it would always just be like really out of context clips yes. from the film, right. and there's and it's the person standing on a set in right. the movie. Yeah, exactly. So they'd be like standing in the bank, and it would cut the clips from the movie with yeah. no explanation, no Whatsoever. dialogue. Yeah. You always need one clip of someone crying. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. What is this movie right. about? Kiss from a Rose, like the most oh. emotional song of all time. And it's like got shots of like Batman, like turning his head. Like, yeah. And like, Mr. Freeze yeah, laughing and it's shit. like about a Batman relationship <laughs> is the main thing. The video is so funny. This had a lot of, I mean, look, you got tracks from MC Light, Ray J. Wow. Seal. Wow. Doing Hey Joe. Damn. Wow. Huh. Is I that not, like legitimately him doing Hendrix? I would not expect that from him. Yeah. Hey Joe, <laughs> uh, hey, why not? I do love Hey Joe. There though. you go. Yeah. What I, is uh? What is a something you think is overrated? I, mm, I think HBO's most recent Sunday Night lineup was overrated. Wow. What shows? Wow. Big Little Big Lies, Lies and Euphoria. <laughs> More like Big Little Bad. Booforia. Damn. That's right. They were both trash shows. Big Little Lies. Probably one of the worst season twos I've ever seen in that my was life. A, that was, I was not impressed. Yes. I was able to tolerate it. I just saw the last episode last night, and I was mm-hmm. like, man, that was fine, I guess. But, yeah. like, nowhere near. That's the problem when you have, like, something based on a book. Like, that book ends in a way where I'm like, well, okay, cool. Right. But then being like, well, what if, like, they had to be accountable for the stuff from the first book? And that <laughs> what that would cause. I'm like, I'm not as I'm interested, not interested in, that. in that. But... I mean, HBO's pulled it off before, like, you know, the leftovers. They went beyond the books. And I thought that the show actually got better once Much they better, went beyond actually, the books. Yeah. Uh, what about another like show that went beyond the books? Uh, well, you know, Game of Thrones was trash. Yeah, and right. It got, it got, it lost its way a little bit. And yeah. I heard a rumor recently that it's not on those two dudes that HBO actually came in and told them what to do. Oh, really? Oh, if Was I that re- rumor started by Benny and Weiss? It was. Yeah. They texted me and said, yo, Edgar, can you get my hey, back on yeah. Daily Zeit, guys? I heard you coming on tomorrow. And tell them, I, we would have been at that Comic-Con panel. Like, we just, you know, yeah. it would have been too lit for them. But, I, but, like, I mean, this person's theory of, like, what was supposed to happen 
what they heard was supposed to happen was like everyone was supposed to die Good. in the Battle of Winterfell right. except for uh, them two Winterfell girls and the girl dragon queen. Okay. Glad See, you I know who I'm talking about. Lore. You're talking about yeah, Daenerys, yeah. Sansa, and Arya? There you go. Mm-hmm. I almost called them Sophie, Sasha, <laughs> and Aaron. And, <laughs> and Ariana Grande. And then they were supposed to figure out what to do with themselves after all that. All right, I, mm. Look. That sounds way knows? better to you me. You know, but in, in, in another dimension, though, too, that could have happened to people. Like, Man, this is trash. Yeah. Right. So who True. knows? But now, True. I've heard good things about Euphoria. You're saying, nah. Too heightened for me, man. Too yeah. heightened for me. I I don't think teenagers look. I do think that there are teenagers right now who are doing rampant drugs and having wild sex parties and stuff like that. But I don't think that they're buying drugs from an eight year old covered in tats that talks like a black man from the nineties in Yonkers. Is like, that you know really what I mean? a character? Yeah, that it is. He's their drug dealer. That's who they buy drugs from an in the show. With He's an eight year old. He gives them a tattoo on the lips at one point. I'm like, ain't hey, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> huh. This is not happening. And there's also in the pilot this girl. Like a guy's like trying to like hit on her and she doesn't want it to happen. And then she cuts her wrist and is like, stay away from me. I'm fucking crazy. And I'm like, shut up, man. Ain't nobody <laughs> wow. cutting their wrist as a threat to somebody. This is, look, it's shot beautifully. Right. I think Zendaya is doing the best acting in her life. I hope only good things for her. I'm very glad that Judd Apatow's daughter doesn't have to be in his shitty rom-coms anymore. Very happy for her as well. But it's just so heightened in a way that I just don't believe. Right. right. We were talking about the fact that this generation that is being depicted is actually, uh, they use the least drugs and have the least sex of like any of the recent generation. That, right? These niggas is nerdy. Right. Who, who wrote that <laughs> for It was some like white dude. Like a horny old dude? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Barry Levinson. And he right. an addict. Okay. He an addict and like, you know, it's about his addiction and stuff like Got that. Right. So, so maybe it's more closer to what he experienced and he's just mapping that onto now uh, and of it course. looks weird. Of course. That's exactly what it is. Right. Like he's mapping like, you know, like young and they add, and again, I think that there are some emotions in there that are very real. Like what the, uh, the, uh, the plus size girl is going through of like, you know, not feeling comfortable in herself, but then finding this like life online where people think she's sexy. I'm like, I believe all that, but come on, you ain't buying no drugs from an eight year old. Right. Right. I like how you're like, there's a line for me. There is. There's a, some. Sometimes this teen, this teen show could get a little too ridiculous. It and can. You're like, nah. Okay. And it's not even like I find it offensive. Man, throw all the dicks in there. I don't. Right. Care. Right. You're just right. sort of like, this is a little bit over the. Top yeah. I don't want me. no fucking like little kids selling me drugs. Right, yeah. you want to buy them from an adult. Exactly. You want to buy them from an older guy an in an Acura Integra. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who and says, meet me in the Walmart, but turn quick. off your headlights. It's like, turn off your headlights. You'll notice me because I'll flick the lighter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Man, it's only been one episode, but the show Southside is underrated. Already. <laughs> Already is underrated. This show is so good. It is so funny. And I am on this show begging you now, please watch it. Every show I've told y'all to go watch and pay attention to, y'all have failed me. The mayor canceled. <laughs> uh, That's true. That was like one of your first things. Detroiters yeah. canceled. Man, and I, Detroiters was so fucking good. I know, man. And, and I, I bet I would come on this show. I would fucking beg y'all niggas, please watch this show. And y'all mm. did not listen. So I'm here. Southside is, I, I came out just as it premiered. I came on to say, please watch it. Please, please. Watch it. I'm Get in. begging you guys. It yeah. is so fucking funny and good. The mayor. I totally forgot that you came on. Yeah, you. Begging people I watched because you were like, you got to watch the. And look, I'm not gonna lie, I got bad. What was that other <laughs> show though that was kind of happened concurrently with it? That I think you were comparing it with another show that was like a black comedy on network TV or something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
whatever. I'm, I might, I might be network mis- TV. Yeah. Hmm. Which one of the five? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's wild that it's not coming to my head. Okay, it's not Fresh Prince. But, Family Matters. Yeah. Blackish. Uh, Los Spookies is also. There's a lot of good comedies. Oh, Los Spookies. But I'm not campaigning for it because I already got renewed for second season. I'll be back. Yeah. Right. I'll be back to campaign for the second season. Right. What's the other show on Comedy Central that? You guys are loving Alternatino. On it. Oh yeah, yeah. Alternatino. Yeah, that's yeah. dope. That's dope. They ain't hire me, but they cool. Oh, did you buy? <laughs> Come on, you know. Yeah. You Fuck know Alternatino. Hold on, hold on. I mean, you might need a job. Let's have a season. Okay, okay, okay. Chill out, chill out, chill out. But that quote, right. quote came from Jack O'Brien. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Even though I hear it's pretty good. It's pretty good, man. I mean, that paper towel sketch destroyed me. Yeah. What's a myth? What's something people think is true? You know to be false. So this is something that I learned myself. And sometimes, and you know, this might sound hypocritical because of how hard I just went on Euphoria. But <laughs> it sometimes, be good enough, though. go please. Sometimes you watch something and you go, "Man, that's bad. That's because of the actor. That's because of the script. That's because of you know whatever the studio, common whoever, folks people right. think." And I've come to learn that there are so many other factors that could go into something being bad that you don't even realize that. Like I'm trying to work on not saying things are bad because I don't know what went on behind the scenes. Right. Wow. Or ascribing a cause to why something's Exactly. Bad. Because, right. like, you know, sometimes you write a thousand jokes for a monkey and then you find out that the monkey's not available and then on the day of you got to do a bunch of shit and the episode don't come out the way that you want right. it to. And so, it's like, there's so many other factors. Sometimes you write a joke and then the network goes, actually, we own that property. You can't right, say that can't about, about this. That. And he's right. like, damn, that was the foundation of our script. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like there's just all this stuff that goes into it where I'm just like, damn, you really just can't be out here saying shit is bad. Like, oh, the script sucks or this. Because there's so many, like, you know, sometimes that actor had something happen to them that day. Sure. And then they come to set. And they, they're people and shit. So oh, I'm, I'm, trying to, huh? I'm trying to work. Okay, yeah. so how would you extend that understanding to Euphoria? Go. Uh, You know, maybe, you know... They just like that kid had a really good audition, and they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. It's funny. This kid is a good actor. <laughs> right. And they put him in there, and I can appreciate that, that that's what he saw. And he's in like that. the head of HBO Casting's niece. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, it was like, yeah, yeah. the final role for him. I <laughs> yeah. guess he could be this drug dealer. You say that as a joke, and you're yeah. like, yeah, perfect. Great. Great. The one with the face tattoos? I mean, the amount of times I've seen someone pitch something as a bit, and then the network go, yeah, mm-hmm. do that. And they go, wait, no, yeah, I was no, no. joking. They're like, no, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. Yeah. We want that. We want that kid to be that drug. So I, that's what I'm saying. But I'll not extend that to J. Cole. J. Cole's still trash. Uh, oh, here we go. If y'all having trouble sleeping, I recommend listening to uh, right to bed, huh? The Revenge Sessions or whatever he calls that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a good rapper, nap. J. Cole. That's right. Yeah, it has not extended to music yet. Okay. Wow. Okay. With film and television, I understand. Maybe if I go watch a recording session, I'll see how J. Cole. Yeah. Keeps well, music's being a little bit harder because you typically. There, there aren't that many decision makers if you're like rapping. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. If so you're that's a pop star or whatever, I can see how sure. you have producers and labels and things. But like when you're a rapper who's like, well, I don't share the same view of John J. Cole as you. Man, this nigga needs to stop making lullabies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> is, the new, is the new Chance album good? I haven't heard it. I, it hasn't grown on me yet. I need to, okay. I'm not in the mood. I'm in a sad mood and it's yeah, too, you know what? It's I too happy. You're like, no, 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 no. that's not where I'm at right now. You're dark right. Edgar. Right yeah, now. so I'm Wait, waiting for that. You're in a sad mood? I'm in a sad mood, man. Sad Edgar? I'm, I'm sad? a sad Come boy. On. He's now a sad man. <laughs> the sad, sad man. man. I've grown up. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Um, I need that new Bonnie Vare. <laughs> <laughs> Some Elliot Smith. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's do a quick check-in with what happened over uh, the weekend in terms of box office. The Lion King is about to cross a billion. Uh, it's already wait. That's already about to cross a billion. Yeah. Fuck me. Globally. <sighs> Uh, Once Upon a Time Ellipses in Hollywood or Once Upon a Time in and then Ellipses Hollywood. Uh, The Tarantino movie uh, made $40 million, which is the most uh, one of his movies has ever made on an opening weekend. Uh, So that's pretty cool. Um, It's weird because we were around like where they did a lot of the the shooting Mm -hmm. of the film. And like I remember seeing all the storefronts get changed to like 60s or 70s shit. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I think someone would be like, it's the new Tarantino movie, man. Right. And then now it's out already. It seemed very quick, actually, from the time they actually shot that to it coming out. Have you seen the movie? Nah. If you see the movie, you'll see why it's very quick. <laughs> Uh-oh. Wow. What you was saw it? it? Did it yeah, seem, I uh, saw it. It's just, it's, all right. it's, not like, it's not like his other movies where it's like action-packed and shit like that. It's, Got it. It's a hangout movie. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like, it wasn't like... It's they were long, like right? Big, it's very it's long. Like two forty-five or something. Yeah, but there wasn't. It wasn't like there was like big action sequences and shit for him to do. It's just a lot of it's wordy a lot of dialogue. And then like you know, my man Brad Pitt driving around Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Carl seemed very enamored with that character. Yeah, but I mean, Brad Carl kills Tart. it. Brad, yeah. Brad kills That's it. That's what I heard. Brad He's Pitt really kills good. It. And Leo kills it. There's this little girl who kills it. And That's then Margot what Robbie says three things, right? Yeah, okay. truly. And then her feet kill it though. Damn, yo, her feet be getting that screen time. Mm. Oh, fuck. In a Tarantino movie. Exactly. Yeah. It wouldn't no be Tarantino. Way. I was about to say, like, and who got the feet close? Yeah, her feet got more lines than her. Damn. That Kill Bill sequence where, like, she's just trying to wake up Oof, by shake, shaking toe. her toe is mm-hmm. uh, one of the most indulgent things. Like, his whole career was just a build-up, a big uh, excuse for him to shoot that. Easy feet. access to feet. Right. Yeah. But the thing that most of us were really watching was mm-hmm. uh, Jake Paul's wedding was streaming. For the low, means. low price of $50, you could watch Jake Paul's wedding to uh, Tana Mongo. 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 Was she white? Yeah, and, she, and okay. she's racist. Yeah. Oh, she racist? Says, she said some racist B- BS on. On her fucking well, that's YouTube good for them, before. though. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't expect anything less from two like young white kids who came up on YouTube. Like their 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 whole wedding. But I think you like should be happy because trash. imagine how unhappy you would be if he like you know married like somebody woke or something. <laughs> right? Like that. Somebody right. Be like, like, Damn. You're like what? Who you Damn. had a crush on? Yeah. yeah. So like you know Jamil he married him. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No. Oh Jake god, Paul? that would destroy Jake Paul me. and Bell Hooks getting married. <laughs> <laughs> so he you know he found somebody that matches ideals and stuff like that you gotta yeah. congratulate people on shit like right. that you know what I mean like they found each other it was kid. no I mean and true to form it was uh, just a trash fire like yeah it, they kissed about it. after they kissed uh, like the you know you may now kiss the bride somebody threw champagne on them and then they started fighting that person and I <laughs> I had an epiphany so for people who don't know Jake Paul's like a, a YouTube influencer he's marrying a YouTube influencer and it, I realized this is just WWE for like a new generation. Like yeah. their fight was like just bad acting. It yeah. was just like them being like, oh man. Uh, and then like, yeah, just really bad acting, bad dialogue, like some kind of forced violence thrown in there. Uh, yeah. So that's what it is. For 50 bucks. I mean, damn, if enough people watch, like you could almost, that's how you pay for your wedding. That's oh, true. yeah. You know what I mean? Easy. Yo, Jaquise out they, here with a plan. I know, right? Hey, live stream your wedding. 
for there 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. I'll throw the champagne on them. <laughs> but this, this, that wedding wouldn't need that much. Nah, I got you, bro. That would be a legit they need that. fight. I got you. I'll throw, I'll throw champagne That's on your keys. Yeah. yeah, on his white tuxedo. Yeah, of course. You know he's going to wear a white tuxedo. You think he'll wear a white tuxedo? Keys? Indulge himself? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Let's talk about Moscow Mitch, Miles. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's in charge of the Senate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And basically means he can decide, you know, everyone says Mitch McConnell's graveyard of bills because there have been a lot of bills that have come out of the House uh, and even ones that senators are, you know, there's bipartisan support for that he just will not bring to the floor for a vote. There's because, a Supreme Court justice buried in that graveyard. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> yep. Shout out to uh, our boy, Merrick Garland. Uh, but... You know, I just recently there's just been a huge, uh, you know, renewed interest in our election security after Robert Mueller testified. Well, you know, he testified and he was like, yeah, you know, the Russians were fucking around and they're meddling in the election and they wanted to help the president. It was the one thing that he was willing to say that was not yes or no or check the report. He was like, it's happening, as, you know, uh, Deontay Wilder would say, to this day. Right. (laughs) Uh, So... There are a few things that are irrefutable, right? The Russians were interfering with our electoral process. Russian hackers got into the voting systems of 39 states, and they attempted to alter voter data in one of them. Um, but a lot of the intelligence reports were sort of like, yeah, they they definitely were able to hack them because they were using spear phishing tactics and other things like that. But this is an excerpt from the Senate from the fucking Senate Intelligence Committee about election interference. It says Russian intentions regarding U.S. election infrastructure remain unclear. Russia might have intended to exploit vulnerabilities in election infrastructure during the 2016 elections and, for unknown reasons, decided not to execute those options. Alternatively, Russia might have sought to gather information in the conduct of traditional espionage activities. Um, Lastly, Russia might have used the activity in 2016 to catalog options or clandestine actions, holding them for use at a later date. Hmm. So it's like being like a really good robber. You got in, you broke in the house without setting off the f- security system. Right. You looked around, you're like, okay, they got sensors here, so we shouldn't just bash through that window. We could do this. Okay, I figured it out. Now I know how this place is set up. So if I need right. to fuck around, I know what to do. You know already. where the lasers are pointed. Yes, and you do your uh, Catherine Dance. Zeta-Jones uh, <laughs> laser choreography from what was that movie? Entrapment? Entrapment. Yes. And then there's also Ocean's 12 where they choreograph a dance to get that through the That was the, the lamest one. That oh, one man. was unforgivable. Um, <laughs> why, why not just have everything be lasers, guys? Yeah, why, right? Why but the it... dance sequence is like lame. So like at least whack. Catherine Zeta-Jones was like doing like a whole fucking contortionist routine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yes, this is where a situation we're in. You'd think the solution would begin to, you know, like change the infrastructure. So when they pull back up to fuck around, they're like, oh. Yes. It's a whole other, huh, okay, they changed the systems up here. Um, I but, mean, you would think you would do that just because of the march of technology and, like, technology getting better. Yep. You would think that our technology, like, our election infrastructure would be improving. Exactly. But how much did they spend on that infrastructure? Not as much as Aaron Paul's wedding or <laughs> what's his name's wedding. Well, the, this is the thing, right? Like, we have all this evidence that says, yeah, you should probably just do the bare minimum to secure the elections. I think mm-hmm. just for any side, you'd say, yeah, right? We don't want, if you're on the right, if you're all concerned about any kind of voter fraud or any other untoward activity, this is a good way to be like, yeah, let's shore up our election security. On the left, clearly, their reasons are 
clear as day to most people why we need to secure our elections. So it's like, well, why isn't this happening? Why isn't Mitch McConnell doing anything? Well, there's a few reasons, right? One, I think is the clearest one is he wants foreign interference in our elections because mm. he probably thinks that's going to be advantageous to the GOP in the elections. That's just plain and simple. And when you look at sort of the way the Republican Party has moved in the last few years, the last decades, they have a plan of being like, how can we cheat the system and game the system so much that even people's like numerical majority, mm-hmm. like we can cancel that out through gerrymandering or other bullshit um, or just restricting people's voting rights? Mm-hmm. The other thing, though, which is in a recent uh, report that came out, is that a lot of companies who make the voting systems, they've been lobbying very hard and sending a lot of money to Mitch McConnell. So there's two companies that account for about 80% of the like voting machine game in the U.S., and that's Dominion Voting Systems and Election Systems and Software. They have hired lobbyists and for the first time in like years, have been putting a lot of money suddenly into lobbying both chambers of Congress. A couple of things to point out. Several of the lobbyists working for uh, both of these companies have recently made contributions to Mitch McConnell's campaign and his other joint fundraising committee. A lobbyist named David Cohen, who lobbies for Dominion Voting Systems, he gave McConnell $2,000 on March 31st, 1000 to his campaign committee, and 1000 to his joint fundraising committee. On Around the same time, another lobbyist, Brian Wild, who works also for uh, Dominion Voting Systems or lobbies for them, gave McConnell $1,000 on that same day also. Mm. And it goes on and on and on. And you're like, okay, well, this doesn't stink like shit at all. <laughs> um, but when you look at sort of what these bills like that are being put forward that have bipartisan support, they would basically take a bite out of their business when you look at it. So one of the first things is none of these election uh, systems have any kind of regulations because they're considered, they've been designated critical infrastructure by the federal government. So that means there's no federal oversight of these vendors. Uh, So there's no way that we can maintain or like there's no way for there to be oversight on how the uh, the machines work or operate, how the vote vote counts work, uh, what voters see when they cast their votes, um, and how those vote totals are communicated to the public. And they're also they also point out in this article there are in fact more federal regulations for ballpoint pens and magic markers than there are for voting systems and other parts of our federal election infrastructure. See, Miles, but here's what I don't understand. <laughs> because you gave me the uh-huh. house metaphor, and I'm only understanding the house metaphor. Mm-hmm. So you told me I had a security system at my house. Yeah. Now, if I understand correctly, some friends of mine set up that security system in my house, and right. they gave me a pretty good deal on it. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, these dudes tried to rob me. They came into my house, but then they didn't, and they left. Mm-hmm. Now, are you telling me I got to go get a new security system? <laughs> And pay again when they didn't rob the house? It sounded like the system worked to me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they came in like, we're not taking anything out. So yeah. then the system worked. Well, this is the same. That's a, that's sort of the logic that Mitch McConnell is using. He's like, well, we don't have any evidence of any vote alterations. And pointing to the Mueller thing of like, well, there was no collusion and no obstruction. And this is just hysteria from the left. Right. But when you look at these bills that are being put forward, like uh, Senator Wyden, he has like a lot in the H.R. 1 that came out of the House those have um, provisions that are talking about putting more paper ballot uh, printing mechanisms in it because a lot of these are all digital that you might not even be able to verify like what any how anyone voted if you alter the file mm. where everyone is saying if we use paper fucking ballots and optical scanners that is the only way we know you can't 
you know, fuck around remotely on the internet and get right. into our in our our voting. System. But then, what about this global warming? Y'all on the left are always yelling about. <laughs> y'all on the left. Uh, same thing, man. It's going to touch everyone eventually, just oh, like okay. this election fraud will. And the other thing, when a lot of analysts look at you know this insistence on using paper ballots, that's going to take a huge bite out of these like these electronic voter systems because they have to begin to actually put money into being like, okay, well, how do we create a like printing system to go along with that so we can also abide by this new law. So it's all kind of it, it all kind of comes together to sort of say, you know, we don't give a fuck a because the the way Congress is set up and the way money and lobbying can work and affect people's voting uh their philosophy when voting or bringing bills to the floor. Mm -hmm. And also, you just have Mitch McConnell who just doesn't give a fuck because he knows this is going to pay off bigly. If we have very vulnerable uh, voter systems, and even if somebody like a foreign country intervenes on behalf of the Democrats, like the right is going to flip their shit and like tear down the government until something is done about that oh, specific intervention. Mm -hmm. Like they will do something, and they know that Democrats don't do shit unless it's like politically expedient in the immediate near term, and so. You know, it, I feel like there's just so many examples like this where it's just, you know, they just decide to not fuck around, not compromise even a little bit on things that are openly, like clearly the right thing to do because, you know, they, they know the Democrats are going to back down eventually. Yeah, it's like because the Republicans are Debo. Right. And the Democrats are red. Right. For lack of a better uh, analogy from mm -hmm. Friday. Yeah, as played by Tiny Zeus Lister and DJ Pooh. Yeah, I think everybody was thinking of that what metaphor. bike is basically <laughs> yeah, what exactly the what bike what is. bike right? Yeah. And they also know the mainstream media is going to talk about optics yeah, when yeah. fucking Mueller comes out and is like, "Yes, no, yes," but the things he's saying yes and no about are basically that Russia intervened and that the president uh, tried to lie to cover up the investigation into Russia intervening. That's a big deal, and people are like, well, But he said it all old. He said it all old, which we, we agree with, but yeah, still, but the, the we're the daily zeitgeist. There. You motherfuckers at the New York Times should not be writing about that. Why, why are we surprised that Chuck Todd is a bitch, though? <laughs> like, why are we surprised? Look at that he's, hairline. He, it's uh, gone. He, that Caesar is something else. That's Woo. what I'm saying. He's bringing it all sailors to the front all, of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> all hands on deck, all to the front, forward, not aft. Nah. Yeah, nothing um, in the aft. Yeah. Well, speaking of Chuck Todd, yeah, um, he had some interesting moments this weekend because over the weekend, you know, Trump decided to attack Elijah Cummings basically because he's a person of color who had an opinion on his governing style. Once and in my used... opinion, missed opportunity to make fun of his last name. In my Cummings? opinion. Yeah. <laughs> right. What would you have done? I would have said, how about he stops Cummings all over his district? Right. <laughs> what, what, what would that even mean? <laughs> People, imagine if Trump tweeted that. You're just like, it would really fuck your head up. It would fuck like, everybody. I was, I was. See, that's I why usually I, used to like some dog whistle racism yeah. type. Not shit. concerned about, not concerned enough about crime. Too yeah. concerned about Cummings. Yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Maybe he should be Cummings to America. He's not even trolling, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so you know, Elijah Cummings, he represents uh, the Baltimore area, and uh, Trump just went on his usual uh, trademark rant. Whenever a person of color who's a legislator is involved, it's usually. 
go back to your crime-infested district or infestation. home. Or rat-infested district or home or some. It's always an infestation. Yeah, always yeah. infestation. And then there's always like no human being would ever like in their right mind live there. Okay, so everyone who lives there is not a human. Check. Right. Yeah. Yes. So these are, again, more racist smoke bombs, I think, to distract from the fact that he's the worst president ever. Also, he's missing his 3% growth fucking uh, goals he said he was going to hit. Best, False. Best economy of all time. Yeah. Um, so because of that, he, they had to deploy some talking heads to the Sunday shows like uh, Mick Mulvaney, who, you know, I was going to put the, some of the clips up when he was on um, Fox News. Chris Wallace kind of held his feet to the fire, but Mick Mulvaney was just like, you're reading between the lines too much. Because he's like, how am I reading between the lines? Whenever it's a, it's a like, especially if it's a black legislator, it's, oh, they're they're uneducated. They don't know this thing. They're from a crime shithole. Very hole. dumb, very stupid. And he's like, I'm not reading. And Chris Wallace is like, I'm not reading between the lines. I'm reading the lines. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, I think it's just like too much. That right. was his whole thing. Fine. Rick Scott, though, from Florida, he fucking... He had the reaction of somebody who just doesn't know how to be a totally spineless racist. Uh, Chuck Todd, again, he was on Chuck sleepy Todd's show. Sleepy Oh, sleepy Chuck. Sleepy ass um, Chuck Todd. He, you know, asked him, he said, for the Republicans, you think this is good politics for the president to constantly be just stoking the flames of, like, racial hatred? Um, and just listen to this first uh, Rick Scott uh, response. He obviously thinks this is good politics inside the Republican Party. Do you think it's good politics inside the Republican Party? Well, Chuck, let's, let's look at what he said, all right, and why he did it. Uh, Congressman Cummings has sat there and attacked uh, our Border Patrol agents, all right? This, is, this reminds me of what happened to soldiers so that justifi- coming back from but Vietnam. But that justifies a, a racial resentment tweet in response? Is that presidential leadership? Well, uh, I, I, look, I, I didn't, it's, I didn't do the tweets, Chuck. I can't talk about oh, why he did the what he did. Fuck up, Rick. <laughs> I, I, well, I just, I didn't do the tweets. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. And again, he deserved it because he was critical of the border patrol, where we are verifiably looking at some awful, awful shit happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, you're not allowed to criticize that, or you're basically an enemy of America. And then all bets are off, and I can just attack you in very, you know, uh, racist overtly terms. racist ways. Yeah. And then there was another time. I mean, I was surprised Chuck Todd even said that. Where he's like, "Oh, and that excuse it." Normally, Chuck Todd would just let him say that and be like, "Okay, well, yeah. let's talk about this new aardvark that's gone viral on Instagram." It would be so. Now he's pressing him again later on, and Rick Scott just gives like. The most epic non-answer, like, it's words, but I don't know what they mean. You seem hesitant to do this, uh, to criticize the president individually on these things. I understand the politics of it, but do we ever heal if each side just goes into their corner? No, Chuck, here's that. Here's when I agree with the president, uh, I'll agree with him. I disagree, I'll disagree with him. You can ask him why I did the tweet. I can tell you, I've had to, I've disagreed with the president with with some things with regard to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. I mean, is he happy about that? Of course not. Okay, but I'm just like on Puerto Rico. I'm going to do what I believe is in the best interest of my state. I'm disappointed when people are out there attacking border patrol agents. Would I like everybody to come together and work together? That's what I'm trying to do in my state. Uh, it's, it's right now. I mean, the country is is divided because of a lot of things. Mm. What? What? what am I? It, it's weird how even his voice changes. Like yeah. he's. Went, we don't, 
When I disagree with the president, I disagree with the president. And I, and I agree. It's when I agree, Rico, I agree. And disagree. If Wizzy have no. I'm doing the best for my state. But y'all missed the juiciest quote when he when he listed all the ethnicities that he's been meeting with lately. Oh, yeah. When <laughs> and was I like, was actually impressed because I was like, I don't, not a lot of people name a lot of those ethnicities. Yeah, those like some Venezuelans? Fresh, yeah, I was yeah. like, damn, okay. Yeah. That's, oh, wow. Which is funny because like Chuck Todd said in that interview, he's like, you even learned Spanish to yeah. like get out there and meet people. <laughs> and meet people. Right. How the fuck can you abide by this shit? And then he was just sort of like deflecting by saying like, well, I, I, I do the things that of outwardly make me appear like I'm not discriminatory or have any kind of you know racial hatred in my heart. But I can't speak for the president. See, Bo, here's what you have to understand. Fringe votes are like booty, right? Like, where is this like, haven't you ever like been around in a situation where you like, were like, oh, okay, I have an opportunity to hook up with a person. Mm-hmm. And then while shit starts happening around and you go, I should probably go home. But there's still that opportunity to hook up with that person. And then mm-hmm. even while the shit keeps happening, but you're just so convinced in your head, mm-hmm. I'm going to get, I'm going to get booty. So right. you just like. Completely dumb yourself down and do stupid shit. Go along for the ride. One track mind. Because you think that you're going to get that booty. And I, I think that's what's happening with the GOP 100% is that they're so convinced that these fringe votes are going to come through for them that they're like, all right, man. It's that and they're racist. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Like 100%. for them too, it's just sort of like, well, we're out of ideas here. Right. All we know is we basically, we were trying to like subtly just keep like brown people down and marginalized people down. And now that they're like starting to like numerically outnumber people, it's like, oh shit. Okay, I guess we just got to be like, oh fuck, uh, we don't like this. Yeah, people. fuck that. Right? Let's, let's get these clan niggas in. And that's why I don't understand. Again, when you have these people going out there to defend all of these comments, it. This is why we're sort of saying this is another reminder. They have seeded any kind of argument or ground that would any in any way suggest that they have any other goal aside from just keeping America as white as possible. Oh yeah, it's not economics. No. It's, it's not, not constitution. Yeah, it's not. It's none of that shit. Mick Mulvaney, like who used to be a budget fucking hawk, would just praise that spending bill that just raised the debt ceiling. And he's like, "Well, you know, it's different because it's like, dude, we just shut." I have up. seen niggas change their whole shit up because they thought they were gonna get ass. I'm telling you, and <laughs> well, that's what these power. votes. That's what these votes is about. Like that's what. Well, that's why. That's yeah, we have a, is about. yeah, we the have a power yeah. converts into ass. Power converts mm-hmm. into ass. Power converts yes. into ass. And I think just with all these Congress people, the end game is just stay in office as long as possible by any means necessary. You have a few people who are principled enough to be like, I'm going to come here to represent my district, but those are in the minority. Yeah. I mean, you saw that shit with Paul Ryan coming out and being like, yeah, I always thought Trump was trash. And I'm like, my nigga, you was in a position right. every right. day where you could have said something and you didn't. Why? Because you wanted to keep your job. Right. That's some whack yeah, shit. But even when he was quitting from his job, he didn't do it because yeah. of the pressure around him. He's, and the he's, pressure he's, now the he's party. yeah now he's talking shit from the parking lot right yeah and like, like, yeah well you know I was really fucking with you anyway shut it's the like, fuck up <laughs> shut late. the fuck up and get in your yeah. Prius you, you whack were in ass the fucking, nigga you were in the ring with him That's and you were right. just like well you know I would have knocked him out though shut right. the mm-hmm. hell up mm-hmm. all right we're gonna take another quick break we'll be right back. And we're back. And over the weekend, there was another mass shooting, uh, basically a terror attack. A right-wing dude uh, who had posted on uh, Instagram about having just read Might is Right by Ragnar Redbeard, uh, which I'm sure you're all familiar uh, with that text, but it's an anti-Semitic right-wing politician who 
wrote like a treatise that is all right-wing ideology and uh, white supremacy. And uh, the the shooter complained about his town filling up with uh, mestizos and white Silicon Valley douchebags. So on Breitbart, I always like to see what they're saying when something that is like directly in contradiction to their ideology happens, what they're saying. And there's the story where they reported this has 15,000 comments, which is a lot of comments for a Breitbart article. And the most upvoted is false flag right on time. Uh, And they just are claiming that it's this just gives them more uh, fuel to be angry at the left wing because they're staging these attacks to come and get their guns uh, is, is basically the way that the conversation seems to go in those comment sections. And just in general, I've, I'm, becoming more and more frustrated with the the mainstream media's like I, I think there are these ways that we have accepted how things are like for instance the uh you you were just talking about the spending bill where it's like raising the debt to all-time highs but that happens every time there's a republican in office mm-hmm. the like national debt goes sky high and then Democrats come in, and because Republicans are such hard asses when a Democrat's in office, they actually get the debt down and you know sometimes end up with a surplus. But because just because there there's like this nationally accepted narrative that Republicans are the fiscally responsible ones. Uh, and with the media, it's, you know, there's this accepted thing that there's a left wing bias in the mainstream media. And I just, there's just not there. They, there's they, zero evidence to support that claim. What? That there's a, a, a left bias in the media. No, there's I mean, a center, there's a, a center and a little bit of right to center bias in the media. Yeah. That's what I feel like. And I feel like they don't report when there's like an overwhelming, you know, trend of right-winged white supremacist ideologies doing mass shootings and mass killings. They just still call it like a mass shooter and treat it differently than uh, they would if it was an Islamic terrorist. Right, or even with the backdrop now with Ted Cruz and other senators trying to get Antifa made labeled as a terrorist organization. Despite Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, saying, actually, no, right-wing like white supremacist terror is by far like the actual threat in this country and the the body count is plain to see. I mean that's the that's the other headline that's like in the headlines the only thing the media is talking about with regards to who should be characterized as terrorists is whether Antifa should be characterized as terrorists while a white supremacist is going on a shooting rampage and killing a 6-year-old uh Latino boy. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I think it's because at the end of the day, everyone is too afraid to shake up the status quo. Yeah. And like, you know, no one wants to be that one person who's going to shake shit as hard as they can. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no one wants to be that the, the, the news company to print a story that no one else is printing. I mean, and like no one like that's I think that's truly what it is. But I like it would be good for the bottom line if they did that because they'd be the only ones doing that. And there's a lane for that. But they don't do that because the entire system is predicated on 
you know, corporations continuing to be the most important thing instead of individual people. Absolutely. I mean, well, yeah, I think, yeah, the bottom line is truth frightens people. And a lot of people cannot accept truth. So when you give people just pure, unadulterated, uncut truth that these, you know, there are these white right-wing terrorists who are operating with this within this country mm-hmm. a lot of people get like oh well <laughs> i don't know like that's that's harsh that's harsh or people think right. like it's a that's that can't be actually true and because of that i think that that puts a damper on how things are being reported because if you can go to your safe space on fox news they'll treat this as an isolated incident you know not really mention what this what kind of texts this person was referring to prior to carrying out an attack and just leave it like eh, and then this thing happened let's move on because we all know what happens a shooting is just a reason for the left to get fired up about taking guns away because we're going to need them to fight you know the fucking government when their overreach becomes too strong but like let's be real a lot of this tyranny is right here right now i yeah. mean americans prioritize comfort over everything right yeah. which is why the number one rule at the dinner table is no no politics no religion like you could put your elbows on the dinner table before you talk about your political views and it's because people are so not willing like you said to face the truth and realize how uncomfortable a lot of it is right yeah. like there no one is interested in making themselves uneasy. It's like, I mean, I think that's kind of why, you know, it took them so long to even say Trump is a racist. Like, now they're saying it a little bit in 2019. Yeah. But even then, they're just saying racist tweets. Like, right. they still they still won't put the name to the game. Well, they, I think they finally did after the AOC attack or Ilhan Omar. Like, in the last month, when we talked about this on the show, where we're now we saw op-eds were like, it's official. Trump's right. racist. Yeah. It's like, and you're like, hold the fuck up. There's really? evidence since the 90s. Yeah. Like, since, since the, the 80s. 80s. Yeah. Since the fucking 60s yeah. of his, his whole lineage. Right. And their, their insistence on not renting uh, apartments to uh, black people. Of course. And and it goes on and on. But it's, it's comfort, man. It's comfort. You know, uh, uh, James, I think James Baldwin, like, you know, he said, like, they cannot face it. And I think it's because... Facing it means undoing the entire fucking thing. Right. And that's a lot of work, and nobody wants to do it, you know? Uh, Look, this is a really bad metaphor, but when I go to McDonald's and I order a burger and they give it to me wrong, my dude, I eat it. I eat it. (laughs) Mm, I don't go back and change it. It's because I'm so uncomfortable with the idea of going up to them and saying, hey, this is what I actually deserve. And I think that is all of America. We get in a shit burger, and we just go in, yeah, it's dope. Well, yeah, we know how to eat shit burgers out here. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, no, no, this is fine. This is what I ordered. It's like, no, it's not. We're just being really passive in the face of just such, you know, cruel injustice. Absolutely. Just finding ways to contort ourselves. And, like, as we even talk about this, right, like, the my fear is as these shootings keep happening, like, I have to insulate myself, in a, like, emotionally to try and not be like, oh, yeah, like, this is so fucking normal. And then I don't want to just completely feel helpless and think, wow, like this six-year-old kid just got shot for no fucking reason uh, and got like, killed waiting in line that. for a bounce house. Yeah. Re- ready to go into a bounce house, which like, if you've ever... And it's completely <laughs> gone from Twitter, right? Like no one, I don't even think Twitter... The fucking Jake Paul a wedding was like tweet, like trending, trending underneath that. Yeah. Well, come on, bro. Whatever. Don't be mad about that. Well, whatever. I'm just champagne saying, but, was thrown. Yeah, but that's yes. how. But I'm saying that's how we can we're able to pivot away from reality Absolutely. too. Is like, oh. but I yeah, I think I think we're insulating ourselves from reality. But I th- I think there's a real like blind spot that we have and that the media has about just the 
specifically the aggression that's coming from the right. Like we we talked about the fact that some Republican politicians basically left Oregon and said that they would shoot anybody who tried to come and apprehend them. That's like, <laughs> that's so wild yeah. and like just so beyond the pale of like, you know, that is open political radicalization, like violent radicalization, but people just, you know, it's it's just not reported on because it's, you know. And was it the last time rhetoric was said like that, like right before the Civil War, where like literally yeah. senators were like pulling out gats and knives on each other and being like, bro, if Senate you fucking floor. come from my, yeah, on the they're Senate like, floor, a dude got stabbed, right? Yeah. Like, cause they're just like, if you try to take my slaves, yeah. dude, I'm a fucking stab. I you. got that thing on me. Yeah. An abolitionist got his head caved in. Yeah. On, on the Senate on floor. On the Senate floor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I guess to your point about the media sort of protecting those structures, that's like why we see such little improvement on the the fucking real big existential threats to the planet and society, which is like right. global warming. Where the fuck is that coverage? Where the fuck are, like is the media holding these industry in, like industry giants fucking feet to the flames? You're yeah. Like, uh, hi, care to talk about how you're trying to. Uh, convince us I need to use fucking paper straws yeah. when right. really you, you need to be doing you're something out here doing this shit or, yeah. or obscuring the fact that like we actually need like progressive wealth taxes and these other things and it's like nah it's like there's haters rather than like yeah we have like billionaires hoarding the wealth at the top at the detriment mm-hmm. of other people but, but nah they don't want to talk about that they're more interested in seeing little kids deal drugs on HBO Euphoria. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hold HBO as responsible for the I news, think HBO is responsible for all of this for having that little kid deal drugs. <laughs> this is the Genesis point? This is, yeah, this yeah. is this is where we let go. This is where we completely yeah. bent over. We said, you know what? Fine. Fine. Yeah, a little kid could have face tattoos and deal drugs. You'll point to this in your historical text as mm-hmm. the moment when oh. things went wrong. Just you wait until you you guys read Edgar Mopazier's People History of United States of America. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about this this younger generation real quick because uh, there's something that— Tell us, man. Cu- a, couple, a couple stories here you know that Jack I want to talk about. Uh, Come around. One, friends. <laughs> friends continuing to—like, I— I understand people wanting to watch Friends and The Office, even though like they're from a past generation or past decade, uh, because they're good at passing the time. And there's like you know, uh, it's that it's good free joke from writing. reality. Too. Yeah. yeah, you ain't got to hear about yeah, like Friends real. talk about comfort. Yeah. Free from reality. Uh, it it takes place in a version of New York where it straddles 9/11, but 9/11 never happens in the universe. Never of heard of it. Never yeah. heard of it, bro. But now people, like, I keep seeing people wearing T-shirts with, like, Friends font on it with, like, the characters' names and, like, uh, Kyrie, like, had a shoe that was, or, like, some gear that was inspired by Friends and, like, I don't know, man. I've just, this seems unprecedented to me. I was, like, trying to think of an equivalent from my time, like... Mash was the sitcom from like when I was in middle school. Yeah, you would have got punked if you were <laughs> right, like if you were hey, wearing man. Mash gear. Right, right. Like what? Y'all fuck with Hawkeye? It's the fact that it's a, sh- it's so outdated. It's so it was already outdated. Like right when it went off, and now it's like the, it's like defining a whole aesthetic. The the reason this is in the news right now is because they're doing like a pop up called the one with the pop up. Uh, in oh, friends is friends is it's the pop ups called the one with the pop up, yeah, because that's the name, that's how they <laughs> named their episode. Yo, man, that dude got a fat bonus when he pitched that shit, I know. Yeah. or when she pitched that. I yeah. apologize. I would like to think a man had that lame ass idea, 
Right. That's fair. There you go. There you go. Bring it back. Bring it back. But um, yeah, it, it is. But I mean, it's all cyclical, right? You know, like the, that '70s show was sort of like the beginnings of people being like, "Yeah, man, a bygone era kind of thing." Like there, the, exactly. things will always come around. I think but so. It almost feels too fast right now. Where it's yeah. like, "God damn, wait, hold on, we're already nostalgic about Friends." Or I think it feels too fast because y'all are the ones who are living in it. Yeah. Right. So like, I think people who are, you know. Teenagers in the seventies hearing about that seventies show be like, whoa, the seventies just happened. Right. Like, that's probably how it felt for them. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, damn, the eighties just happened. Well, like in my when I was in middle middle school, like kids were into the Grateful Dead and shit and like classic exactly. rock and exactly. But they were like taking acid. Like that it was like a cool like it was a thing a that like teenagers did. Hey, and these teenagers are having fun pivoting couches and having right. crushes what, on their it's friends. Just, that's so funny to me that that's their version of of like the seventies, like because these nerds ain't doing drugs, stuff. man. They're not doing drugs, right? They're not doing drugs. They're doing. They saw their like lattes. older cousins who were like us, yeah. being like, "Yo, I don't want to be like. I don't want to be like right. that." Like, you see, Miles, he fell asleep at the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, his own birthday <laughs> in um, the cake. Just, just fucking head butted that cake. Yeah, <laughs> he burnt his eyebrows on the candle oh, trying no. to blow it out because it's just slowly. You can still see it. the ridges if you look close enough. <laughs> All right. Yeah, those aren't cuts I put into my eyebrow. <laughs> those are the those r- are scars. Those are wax ridges. All right, one more thing I wanted to talk about uh, that I don't understand about young people, and I wanted to bring in uh, our our young uh, producer, Mister DJ Daniel. Uh, hello, hello. hello. Dan. I'm 29. I'm turning 30 in a week. Okay, yeah. 29 so years young. young. Yes, young Damn, thug. He's not even the youngest person in the room. Here. No. I still asked him. You play well, Fortnite? But, no. A lot? <laughs> well, then, I played yeah. for a little bit. I kept getting rocked, so I stopped playing. Exactly. And this is the, this is the this point is we the bring point. this up. So the reason we want to bring Daniel in is because he is the Marv Albert of eSports. Yes. Damn, uh, you, bit a, you bit a gamer on the ass? <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> precisely. I bit him on the ass. I gained his talent. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he does commentary for eSports, and so he understands this world a little bit better. But So over the weekend... A young Fortnite player, 16-year-old, won $3 million in the Fortnite World Cup. That is Uh, correct. In second place, a 24-year-old, Harrison Salm Chang, uh, won $1.8 million. Also correct. Uh, Okay. By the way, first place player's name was Buda. I'm reading this off of a news article. Okay. Okay. Aren't you on mic right now? Yeah, he's on mic. Oh, and he's still being like, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to checking. contribute to the conversation. Right. No, I appreciate so, that. <laughs> no, so the average age of the player in this tournament, who made it to this tournament, which is obviously all elite players, was 16. <laughs> um, the 24-year-old, this article makes a point to point out he was one of the oldest players in the tournament. Damn. And this is something I've read about esports in general is that like by the time you're 20 like you hit 25 you're aged out just like porn right but so why there's peak there's peak gaming era for you physically yeah, but that does yeah it doesn't make sense it should be like golf because it's you know like you could play it till you're in your 40s because it's not like physically taxing but it's oh, because of those like quick twitch right uh, like the basically the cables dan, from your brain to your fingertips dan right? what's going on 
Uh, well, it's just kind of game by game, yo. There are games that have a much wider age range of people who play them, and then there's games that really rely on these these twitch movements as you're talking about, like first person shooters. Your right, because you've got to be headshot. You got to be headshot. Your Counter Strikes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Your Overwatches. They're mostly dominated by young players because they, you know, they require those kind of movements and stuff. So you got to be quick. So do you think if I fucking buckled down, no, and I fucking put in. 20 hours a day into one of these games. I couldn't get my it, get my my shit to a level to into play. Into one it. of these games? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, maybe Miles. Maybe. It would like, have to be like a fighting game, right? You were saying that like probably, fighting yeah. games where so, it's just like a right. button mashing. This has me fucked up. You the know what I mean? Because I feel like, yeah. yo, I should be able to have a long career in no. video games. And no, I'm like, we were too old like, for this by the time we hit like 20. Well, a lot like, of, You guys got to watch a documentary, Hot Girls Wanted. Hot Girls Wanted? It talks about this. But about with porn people. stars. Oh, interesting. Oh, is that the Rashida Jones uh, yeah, documentary? Man. Mm-hmm. They're just like, you'd think that you'd be like, oh, you just keep, but you just flame out, man. Well, I think adult films and video games might be a little bit different. I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. It's about reaction. You're both getting yeah. rocked all the time by multiple go. people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the language is almost identical. So, yeah. The language is 100% identical, <laughs> I think, for sure. But I guess with kids, is it just more because they have free time and they can just be fucking playing games all day yeah, and older people like you have like life responsibilities it's, basically. it's that and also they just have more time to keep up with what new games are happening like right. a lot of the old guard video game players are playing games that haven't changed in like 10-15 years like mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers Melee has the same top 8 pretty much every single year right. since the game started being competitive so it's just whatever you're paying attention to right what do you think do you think you could get into esports like in nah, a game man, how are you on 2k nah, I play on I like to look this is what I do 2k for it's to boost up my own ego right. so i put it on pro and i score 140 150 on PC. and you, you create yourself of course of right? of course every time Absolutely. and what are your stats and your creative player oh my boy averages 40 10 and 10 wow oh he's a god and what are you playing what was it what spot are you playing small forward 611 611 small forward wet from the three. what's your what's your agility at like 99 of course everything 99 everything. i put money into it that's, you know, and see, that's the era I think we grew up with video games, or at least me, was like being like, I'm going to escape into this thing. Exactly. Right? Where the the second like online, uh, like first person shooters came and I began to see how mismatched I was with like other yes. people, I was like, yo, this I, shit is getting away from and me. And I don't play them. I don't play them. I play story games because I'm, I feel like I'm better than everyone else in it, but they're all computers that yeah. are designed to make See, we do it way. to just maintain our fragile egos. Exactly. Yeah. But like, you know, there are people who play 2K who like, you know turn down certain senses like they make it as actual as possible and i'm like nah that's not gonna be me i need a fantasy world i need a fantasy world what's the last game you played jack (laughs) that you can remember having a controller in snake on his motorola that i can remember having a controller in my hand apologies (laughs) shit uh i mean yeah I, i play games on my phone but i do not play i haven't picked up a controller in a long time man it's been Damn. a while. The Wii, I think. You should wow. start streaming. Play the Wii? Man, you a dad. This is like a... This, <laughs> see, and now we have the beginnings of a screenplay, right? Where yeah. we tell Jack, he sees like an article goes, he's like a dad who's down on his luck. He Dog. sees a 16-year-old made $3 million. His kid's trying to go to private school. And he goes... There's nothing in this. One last, one last job. Jason Bateman is already starting in this movie, dog. All we gotta do is write it. All we gotta yeah, do is exactly. write it, bro. And he just meets a group of kids like mm-hmm. that. He buys weed from. He's That's like, "Can right. you help me get good at these <laughs> video right. games?" There's gonna be a part where they teach him how to shoot and stuff like that. Yep. He's like, "Oh, uh, uh, like, oh, right, that. yeah, yeah, yeah he's floss do, shoot. Yeah, yep. he's gonna it's be like doing Millie the Bro, we already sold Oof. this shit, bro. We just gotta put we our heads down. We should not say this out loud. No, 
Cause this, yo, DJ yeah, Dan, you best. If you don't out. cut, I got your dog. Daily Zeitgeist, <laughs> the free intellectual property machine. We just got to Is there anything a... else we need to know about the gaming world, the esports world? Just that, even if these people age out, most of them end up going into streaming anyway. Like Ninja, who's probably the most famous Fortnite player. Oh yeah, right. Has played with Drake. almost never played at any of these tournaments because that's not his concern. Like he just streams and makes more than enough money doing that. And How much thing. money does he make a year? I, it it varies. But he made a lot of fucking money last year. Like what? Eight million? I don't. I can't Eight tell figures, you. An exa- I can't figures? tell you an exact number, but I will tell you this: when he did that Drake stream that night, he made sixty thousand dollars in five seconds because all More he did was teacher. plug his Twitch. Cha- all he did was plug the Twitch Prime thing. He said, "Thank you everybody for watching. If you have Twitch Prime, you can subscribe right now by just clicking subscribe now. It's a free subscription for you." And he got twelve thousand subscriptions instantly. Mm. Yo, we're fucking up. Like 24,000, something like that. It was insane. This is already a a perfect script where I'm stupid and I think all I have to do is just show up on Twitch and I'm going to be a millionaire. And I realize, like, I'm I'm out of my DJ Dan. But that's a different. Sorry, sorry, that's a different skill, though, right? Like, Ninja is also entertaining and, like, fun to listen to. Yeah, most certainly. But it's definitely something that a lot of pro gamers will move towards when they're done. Like, one of the other most famous streamers is this guy, Shroud, who I would say is not nearly as, like, eccentric personally as Ninja is. He doesn't do it. He doesn't, like, dye his hair or do any crazy dances on stream. Shroud went strictly from playing CSGO professionally to streaming, and he has 30,000 people watching him every day. Hmm. So he's doing fine. By the way, Ninja makes $1.75 million a month. There you go. Uh, yeah. We got to play him 2K with our whole creative player squad. That's what I'm saying. And I'm saying, like, let's, like, do you think I can get money by being bad at it? Absolutely. <laughs> you can. If you're you funny about inter- it, entertaining. Absolutely. Mm. Edgar, you would be a great streamer. See, that's why Dan, we got to work on that friend, idea. That's what my friend up. texts me every day. My friend Ian's just like, you got to put up a Twitch Everyone's stream. Everyone's like, yeah, I'm you serious. start Twitch streaming. I'll give you my PS4 camera. You can do it. Mm. Okay. I mean, I might take this offer. Yeah. I'm not doing shit. I mean, look, oh, if it's player. if it's 1.75 million a month, if it's what you say it is, I love it. But I had to clean my room though. Nah, no, nah, no, nah, that's got that's part of the that's whole part vibe. of the aesthetic. Just make that a subscriber and then incentive. have Anna come like, like in the ten background. subs and I'll clean my room. Yeah. Oh, have Anna in the background just holding up your cum shorts. I'm like you see this shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you <laughs> cum shorts. Uh, she don't let well, me bring the PS4 to her house. Explain the cum shorts. Well, there's nothing to explain. <laughs> There's nothing Bringing to explain. This shit back up. <laughs> I've I've moved past it. Okay. Oh, you're not. You no longer come short. No longer yet. come short. Now I I take paper towels. Wow. I come hey, with man, paper towels. Welcome, welcome to 1996. I'm sorry, Hosnia. I did not want this to happen. They did this. I apologize. Uh, all right. Now she has to write that down as one of the words. <laughs> 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 the X Files yeah. about the cum shorts. Yep. <laughs> They're standing up on their own. It's efficient. It's efficient. It's efficient, bro. Whatever. Paper towels now. I hope y'all happy complaining about global warming. Uh-huh. I gotta do three sheets of paper towels every time because I don't want to just drip use on eighteen gallons of water to use a washing machine. Uh, I gotta oh use boy. three because the bounty is not strong enough to catch my semen. Wow. wow. That could be a great ad. That could be a great ad. Hey, hey so Viva, strong. holler at your boy. Yeah. Brawny, where you at? Yeah. Uh, Edgar, where can people find you, follow you, <laughs> learn more about your personal habits? Uh, at Edgar Mobus here on Twitter, at AwfulGram on Instagram. Check out Culture Kings right here on iHeartRadio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, check out The Wokus on Stitcher Premium. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to, you know, you can go ahead and watch what just happened on there you go. on Fox or Hulu if you want to. But, I mean, don't watch it. I mean, I mean, I'll watch it. <laughs> You'll watch it. You should watch it. How about that? Yeah. Let me say, check it out. Go guys. watch it. Nah, I mean, yeah. check it I, out. Do you gang. show up on camera anymore? I uh, I think I'm done for now. Okay. 
What do you mean done for now? Like, like I already appeared no. on a couple episodes. Of, I've appeared on the episodes that I would. That you're going to be on. on. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Well, you can go back and see him on camera. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Very briefly. Uh, and is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, yeah. So this is from, I don't even know who this dude is, but it's that R. Kelly meme where R. Kelly has two fingers to his head. Mm-hmm. He's like saying like, I know, I know. Right, right, right. And a person said the reason Beyonce is rich is because she has dinner with Jay-Z every night. Uh, that's a reference to this argument on Black Twitter of whether you'd rather have twenty thousand dollars or dinner with Jay Z. Yeah, and like, <laughs> which one will make you closer to success? Uh, <laughs> this nigga said the reason Beyonce is rich is because she has dinner with Jay Z every night. It's pretty fucking good. Who would you have dinner? Would you have dinner with him every night? I would have dinner with Jay Z. I don't understand people who pick twenty thousand. Yeah, I don't understand either. I don't get it, bro. Twenty thousand dollars is nothing. I have a feeling because in my mind, I'm such a fan. I, I have like that fan mentality of like, yo, honestly, he would help me out too because I'll show him how, how like how much I know about his work and stuff. Yeah, like, you know what? I want to help you out. It's not even that. It's just the keys and the knowledge and the information that he would have. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he sold it all from crack to OPM these in make, third person. These dudes don't know how much twenty thousand dollars is nothing. I made. Maybe upward, I'll say upwards of sixty thousand dollars this year in that room. Mm. That shit gone already. <laughs> <laughs> on Sprite, baby. On Sprite, on Most Sprite and Stranger Things sneakers, and, yeah. and I don't even watch the show. <laughs> and Naruto running lessons. Yeah, and I don't watch that show either. <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? Find me, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. And hey, who knows? Maybe Twitch uh, when uh, Dan and I get this Twitch stream going. <laughs> Got to figure out what we're doing. Uh, but in a couple of tweets I like, one is from a friend of mine, Mark Potts, Mr. Mark, at Mr. Mark Potts. Uh, it says, my goodness, my wife is savage and I love it. Uh, and he's describing a thing that happened with him and his child and wife on a plane. Woman on plane. Wow, your baby is eating a banana. Lots of sugar in that. Haley, who's his wife. We aren't looking for advice. Thanks. <laughs> Let him know. Yeah. Uh, another one. Uh, this another is, one. How about this one? This is from uh, at Danny Photo, therapist. And what do we say when something doesn't go our way? Me. This is anti-black. Therapist, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then lastly, uh, but not leastly, uh, from Blair Saki at Blair Saki. Turns out being in your 30s is just having two drinks and telling everyone, I'm the drunkest person here for four hours at parties. (laughs) That's true. And I'm not in my 30s. And you you do that one? Uh, No, I watch watch people in their 30s do it. (laughs) Oh, right. You're like, ooh. Uh, the just so you know, because I get to hang out too. Just you guys fucking party like Euphoria, just like <laughs> me, dude. Anyway, um, <laughs> Kristen at Living for JC tweeted: "Sex was created by God for marriage between a husband and wife, not for a boyfriend and girlfriend that are dating." And Sassy Sunflower quote tweeted that and said: "Sex was created by Lady Gaga in 2008 when she said, I want to take a ride on your disco stage.'" <laughs> <laughs> and then Seinfeld current day you don't get to uh, quote him all that much but when you do uh, said if you having girl problems I feel bad for you son Jerry had 73 girlfriends throughout Seinfeld's run <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist we're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram we have a Facebook fan page and a website DailyZeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song we ride out on Miles what's that gonna be today uh I just randomly put a song on and Edgar goes hey was that right uh and he was right 
that I was playing Riot by Hugh Masekela. Uh, and I just felt that was serendipitous. So we should go out on Riot from Hugh Masekela, very gifted uh, African trumpet player. And uh, Earl Sweatshirt's uncle. And Earl Sweatshirt's uncle, oh, yes, wow. which is how you knew. Because you, you, you were like, look, I'm not going to pretend I know who Hugh Masekela is. I just <laughs> know because of Earl. So, boom. Riot, Humasakela, get into it. Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. Fine podcasts are given away for free. That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow because it is a daily podcast, and we will talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.